This is Game Level Learn, a podcast for parents, students, teachers, school administrators, professors, and anyone else interested in game-based learning and gamification in education from kindergarten to adulthood. Join us as we discuss card games, board games, tabletop role-playing games, and video games, and how those games and their mechanics can be used to transform teaching and learning. Welcome to Episode 5 of Season 3, Game Level Learn. I'm Tracy Wozenegger, and I'm here with my good friend... John Cassie. Hi, Trace. Hi, John. How are you? I'm good. You know, I always like when we're recording because I get to see your smiling face. And your... <laughs> I made a big cheesy smile. Uh, yay! <laughs> and I, I get to see... And, you know, we're recording... Normally, we record uh, in the evening... East it's Coast the daytime. time, but it's daytime, so I can see I can see the room that you are recording in, in all of its glory. It's clean. Yeah, your potted plants right and your jauntily hung wall art. Um, that is a doily that my great grandmother made. Wow. Yes. Yeah, it looks. I, I mean, a I, piece of Wazenegger history. Well, Coltrion history, but yeah, yes. it's all, it's all yeah. of a piece. Yeah. Same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Behind me uh, is a uh, uh, is the this, lovely display of ties. Yeah, the necktie display, which yeah, you know, uh, that runs the entire length of this room. It's great. Yeah. The so, only one I can really make out is Pink Panther. Yeah. Maybe is there is that Speed Racer? It's hard for me to tell. Oh, even better. That's Racer X. That's well. That's what I thought. It was Racer. That's what made me think it was a Speed Racer. But it's just Racer X. Just Racer it's not X. Like a to- oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've got I've got two Speed Racer ties. I've got one that has him with the Mach Five, yeah, and then yeah. I've got a Racer X tie. Nice. Um, yeah, those are my go tos when I think people are going to be in a cranky mood at school. <laughs> Nothing cheers someone up like Racer X. Well, it's it's hard to be cranky when you know you've got a fun and playful tie about anime, right? Right. Yeah. And you know, Speed Racer Speed Racer super dark. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I watched them again as an adult. I watched them religiously as a little kid, you know, and watched them again as an adult and was like, oh, wow. What was I doing with my youth? There's some actual serious, <laughs> scary stuff on these, you know? I mean, the animation's a little cheeseball, but it's, you know, it's the 1960s. Yeah. But the stories were, were and remain good. And thank you for All joining right. us for our Speed Racer podcast. Yes, you know, yes. I'm John Cassidy. You have thank subscribed you very much. to Speed Racer Facts. <laughs> so what are we talking about today, Trace? Today we are talking about designing an adventure session. Yeah, so so sort of adventure design as lesson design. Lesson design as adventure design. As adventure right? design, you yeah. Know, that, uh, you know, these things, it, it, it reinforces the thesis that we've had throughout this entire season, which is if you are a teacher who does proper planning you are functionally like a game master who also has to do very proper serious proper planning right uh, you know in in order to uh, uh in order to, to help everyone accomplish the objective right you're yeah. already guiding students through a learning adventure correct Right. Correct. Might not seem like an adventure all the time to you or to them. But right. That's what you're doing, right? You're introducing um, small pieces of content or small skills right. as you build up, right. right, to a larger assessment, a project, um, a larger chunk of learning. Right, right. And you know, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna talk in you know, in this episode about sort of some of the granular specifics of adventure design. That work in role-playing games and how the, you you know you can sort of uh, uh, you know port them into your into your lesson design. Um, down the road, we're going to talk about essentially campaign design, which would be well, what if you want to do this in a whole class? Right, right. for but the that, whole year. Yeah. So yeah. so folks, we're not going to get to that in this episode because this episode is really much more about some of those granular details. Um, but don't don't uh, don't fret. We are going to get to that larger question, you know, a few episodes from now. Right. Right. So, Tracy, you've done a lot of game design, uh, you know, role-playing game design uh, and uh, and lesson planning. Mm-hmm. Um, what are what what what's the what's the kind of the 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 uh, the, the the umbrella the, the 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 macro framework of of, of- kind of understanding this. 
of adventure design and classroom design. Yeah, yeah. I think I've always done both um, sort of the same, um, which is, you know, that a lot of people are familiar with the backward design, right? I think a lot of people just sort of intuitively do this. Um, You think about what the end goal is, right? And then you work backward. What do I what do I need my students to know to be able to achieve this? What do I need my um, party of players to have or to know in order to complete the final challenge of this adventure? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I mean, honestly, I really think people are planning adventures and learning all the time already. Right. Um, so, so for me, planning the adventure and planning a lesson are are so very similar um, because we're making sure that our players are gaining the skills and the information that they need to complete the final challenge. Right. So what does it, what does it look like when it really, when it really works in a game setting? Yeah. Well, why don't we start there and then we'll, we'll sort of, uh, we'll, we'll bring that, part of our conversation into the lesson design part. Sure. Um, so for me, I think it really works. Um, hey. oh. <laughs> Sorry. I, I mentioned we'll you that, that but I was like, <laughs> Sorry, that came so, over me. I was, was overwhelmed. It came over me. <laughs> so for me in an adventure, um, when I'm playing, yeah, I feel most satisfied when all of these little things I've done, like I've gone on, you know, a couple of quests, I've met a couple of different people in the setting and they've all given me different pieces of information or items or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and then it all sort of like comes together at the end, you know? And, oh my gosh, I actually did need, that piece of information from that non-player character two weeks ago. Right. Oh, to this To help me note. figure this whole, right, this note that we got and, you know. Yeah. Oh, this... I find that really satisfying. Yeah, very much so, <laughs> when right? All the pe- when all the pieces fit together, you know, I haven't done a whole bunch of random work for nothing. Right. It's all leading towards the big goal at the end. Right. Right. Oh, um, I, I, I earned this, this strange key. Right. Oh, look, now here's a door. Right. Right. You know, and, and in other words, there's, there's an intentionality in the design of the game yes. experience, right? Yes. Uh, I'm not getting a bunch of rando equipment. For no reason. Right. In other words, I'm yeah. not learning a bunch of peripheral content for which the uh the the final challenge isn't interested in that content right right or, or those skills or, or those skills right, right? yeah right. um and sometimes these these items that you're getting in a play session might seem like it's not clear how I would use this Right. Right. But the goal of the game design is to get you to think about how you use these things. Right. Right. Uh, I'll go back to Numenera. Right. One of the one of the rewards that you get in Numenera are these little magic items called ciphers. Okay. And the point a cipher is a one time use magic item. It it does something and then it expends its power and it won't do anything else again, right? And then it's just an ordinary mm. object again. Exactly, right? Yeah. And the point of that game is bury your players in ciphers. Okay. Continue continue award them constantly and use them constantly, right? Yeah. And the very best players that I've worked with have always been able to take what looks like it's random noise draw patterns between them. What if we use these two ciphers this way? Right. Or, uh, okay, well, we have this challenge has confronted us. Now let's look at the ciphers we have. Can we make anything of that? 
Right. Right. And we use some combination of ciphers to achieve our goal. Right. Right. And so with if you think about this from kind of a, a you know a learner's perspective, right? With with younger learners, if you were using sort of Numenera as your model, you would want the cipher rewards to be it's sort of quite intentional. Right. Right. Okay, I'm going to give you these five ciphers because you're going to have problems down the road for which you might use them if you can think it through, right? Whereas maybe with your sort of older students or adult learners or whatever, right, you might throw a variety of different content pieces at them or skill pieces right. and, and expect them to integrate that. Yes. Right. This is making me really excited because it's making me think that we kind of already give them ciphers, right? Indeed. We don't call them ciphers, and they probably don't think of them as ciphers. But in chemistry, for example, you know, I teach them about basic atomic structure. Right. I teach them about um, stoichiometry. Those are ciphers. Mm-hmm. Those are those are things. In this case, content knowledge or skills, right? Like calculation skills that they can use later to solve other problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It'd be really interesting to work with students to help them reflect on their learning in a way that lets them identify the skills and content that they're, you know, I'm using this cipher mm-hmm. to solve this problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, you think about ways you could get students to reflect on learning as a process. Right, okay? right. You've just reached the end of this, uh, of, of this lesson, series of lessons designed as a... Uh, you know, in, informed by role-playing games, right? Right. Did you understand what the boss was? Right. Did you understand? Could you tell me what the steps were that led you to that final challenge? Were you able to yeah. discern that, right? Yeah. What are some things that you got, rewards, challenges, that you thought really helped prepare you for the end? What are yeah. some ones that maybe didn't? Right. Yeah, I'm my teaching philosophy is much less tied to content. Yeah, same. And much more tied to, you know, skills and you know, as you said, learning how to learn. Yeah. Self-reflecting, you know, the process of learning. Yep. Um so I think it could be quite exciting to even have kids design their own ciphers. You know, this is these are the skills you have. Mm-hmm. What kind of cipher? I, I call them a cipher, but you could call them whatever you want, right? Oh, yeah. Um, it's just a one-use you know, item. Could, right. Just some sort of – or a multi-use item. Yeah. That you yeah. can get. You know, I have a deck of cards and, oh, to do this challenge, I need my um, stoichiometry, my scientific notation, and my periodic table. Right. Great. Done. Right. Let's go. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, imagine you as the teacher designing that deck. Okay. Well, what are the, what are the 40, 20, 100 essential right. skills that a student is going to get over the course of, of this class? And what's the order in which they should get them? Right. Right. To build their deck of. To build their deck of tools. artifacts, their deck yeah, of uh, artifacts. Yeah, yeah artifacts yeah, is a great word. Yeah, their deck of yeah. relics, whatever you want to, you know, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Um, and if they can, if they can see that a skill is a bit like a magic spell, right, right, or is a or is a bit like uh, you know having five levels of short sword, right, right, then you've you've brought in a way of understanding graduated challenge that most students are going to understand. Right. Right. You know, they're not playing tabletop role-playing games, but no, but, but, but yeah. they're, they're playing other games. Yeah. Right. They understand leveling and yeah. 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 And we're going to talk okay. about, we're going to talk about leveling in, in detail, uh, you know, in, in, yes. in an episode or two. So we don't want to, yeah. we don't want to belabor that because we're still talking I about f- adventure design. Right. And I feel like I got so excited about the ciphers. Right. <laughs> That I might have actually steered us toward like an artifact kind of episode yeah, right. instead of designing adventure. So let's, that was very exciting. 
I'm going to be thinking about it a lot over yeah. the next couple yeah. of days about making little decks of cards or things. Right. But let's talk about, let's go back to the designing an adventure. So what do you find satisfying in in a well-planned adventure? I, I like there to be a clear, a clear goal. Yes. Right. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm attempting to accomplish X. Right. Okay. So a clear expectation of what needs to be done. Right. So that's the backwards yeah. that's the backwards design point, right? Yep. I want to know where we're going. Okay. Um I don't want to know how to get there. But I do want to know, know that, that I'm going, going here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we're we're going to the Temple of Elemental Evil. Uh we're going to the heart of the Andromeda Galaxy. Uh we're going to right. uh we're going to fight Strahd the vampire. Right. We're going to the Death right. Star. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Great. Okay. I need that. Two. I want the game master to have thought about my character as a fully realized living character. Okay. Okay. Now here's yeah. what I mean. I want the game master to have thought about me. And to design challenges that my character can do, mm -hmm. one, and two, that I, as the player, would like to do. Right. Okay. So for me, yeah, Could no. I, Would it be safe to say that you also want challenges that stretch your character? Oh, absolutely. Force you and your character to grow together? Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that to me is, you know, is, is, is a given, right? Yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit in our pre-show, Tracy, about um, monsters in video games yes. that are sometimes called, in the World of Warcraft language, trash mobs. Yeah. Right. Stuff you've got to kill to get to the interesting mechanics yeah. or the cool stuff, right? Oh, you're being attacked by 85,000 hobgoblins. Right. I'm oh, exaggerating. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's uh, you know, you've yeah. got, you've got nine packs of roving uh, skeletons before you get to Skeletor, you know, right. that kind of thing, right? Um, I'm not so interested in doing a lot of trash yeah. in games. And right. I don't and design a lot of trash when I design role-playing experiences. Right. Right. Or when you design learning experiences. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I try to yeah. avoid trash. Yeah. Right. Um, now, students will sometimes experience things that I've designed as though it were trash mobs. Yes. Right. And so, okay, well, what you know, what I came up with didn't didn't really land because there was a misalignment in the in the lesson design and the actual kids I'm working with. Right. right. You know, with a different set of fifteen or ten kids, maybe it's. Maybe maybe this thing would actually be great, but in this case it wasn't because yeah because you know because of whatever reason right so I I like the I like the skills to be aligned to character and to player mm -hmm. I like the content to be aligned to the kinds of things that uh, you know that my that my players are interested in yep right but that's presented in a way that is unusual or different. Okay. Right. So it's not just, oh, it's the same, same, same. Right. Right. And I like there to be lots and lots and lots of opportunities for players to make surprising out of left field. Yeah. You know, I like I like as the game master to be regularly surprised. thrown off my game. Yeah. Regularly yeah. surprised. Like, yes. Wow. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. Right. Yeah. And I think for teachers who are interested in being game masters or designing gamified experiences, you have to be prepared for that. Yeah. Some of the best gaming experiences that I've been in or, you know, listened to are when a player does something so unexpected, right? That mm. they, weeks of your work of planning. <laughs> Bye. That's right. Gone forever. Right. right. Yeah. Because someone did something so surprising and wonderful. Right. Um, you know, that it's changed the whole story. Right. You have yeah. to have the capacity to pivot. 
Yeah. Right. Which means a couple of things. One, you have to really know your story. Right. As a, as a, as a teacher, you really have to know your content. You have to know your stuff yeah. and your skills. You have to know where you're going. Right. Because you're still going there. It's just that. Yeah, we're still going the same place. We're still going to fight the vampire Strahd. That's right. Yeah. We've just solved this challenge in a way that you didn't expect. The game master didn't expect. Right. So you want to reward that creativity while also, you know, being being mindful that. That this might move you in a different direction. Right. You know, oh, and an intuitive leap, a uh, uh, the 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 bringing into a conversation something about you know a philosophy of science or mm-hmm. a uh, you know a piece of literature that that wasn't in the curriculum but that someone had read on their own right and brought into an english discussion that was really powerful right yeah you know i i think about um you know characters making making decisions that they just they came, they come up with it, right? Yeah. And it's like, I have no idea what this is going to mean, but it will probably get you in its own way to a mastery of this piece of knowledge or a mastery of this skill. Yeah. So let's roll yeah, with yeah. it, right? You know, and, uh, you know, a lot of this is about trying to personalize an approach so that each learner each learning team, each gaming team has an opportunity to to get something meaningful out of the experience. Right. Right. And that's that's hard. Right. I mean personalizing learning is you know, is 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 hard. It's very challenging. You know, yeah. E- even in the schools that we work in where our schools are, are giving us classes that are fairly small. Right. Still you know challenging to get you know, to do personalized learning for even twelve students. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's 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 tough. So so when I think about you know your your question, that's sort of where my yeah where yeah. my mind goes. I like it. Yeah. Let's talk about some common design elements in adventures. Okay. Right, because I think that's a whenever I start thinking about designing a a unit that's gamified. Yep. That's sort of where my brain goes first. Right. To to what right. what, so, what does the game look like? Right. right. That I'm going to yeah. model this on. What does the game look like? Right. Yeah. So usually, so in Dungeons and Dragons Online, yep. Um, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. Um, in Dungeons and Dragons Online, we have most of what I do is play quests. Yep. And um, some of the townspeople around have little cups on their head, right, that are glowing, and that indicates to me. They need something done. So I can go talk to them and they'll tell me their story, what their problem is, right? And then where I need to go to solve it. They don't tell me how to solve it. Right. They sometimes don't actually know what their problem is. They think it's one thing and it turns out to be something completely (laughs) different, right? But they can tell me like where I can enter the quest and try to help them. Yeah. Um. So quest giving is sort of how I think of it in my head. Yep. Um, is one commonality. I think the same thing happens in role playing games. Yep. Um, you know, maybe you're approached at the tavern or the queen asks you for help. Um, something like that. You know, you receive a mysterious note um, about a missing person. Then you, you know, go investigate it. Um, right. So- you're going about your day and something happens. Right. Right. That is unexpected. Right. Right. Um, so I always this is so this is not backward design now. We're sort of going through how an adventure would work, but there are lots of different ways to introduce the adventure or the quest. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So and, it doesn't and, have to be the person with a cup on their head. Yeah. Um, it could be a mysterious note delivered to class or um you know, something strange that shows up at the school or in the classroom. That is right. mysterious right. and needs to be investigated. Right. Hey, yeah. kids, I got this. I got this link to a YouTube video. Put it up, and it's got some strange cryptic message. Oh my god, I love it already. Right. Something like that. Let's crack this. 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's. Okay. What is this about? Right. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. And with younger kids, you can play it a little bit more. You know, maybe cornball. You know, it's like it's right. got more of like a "Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego?" kind of vibe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which is always fun, right? With older kids, maybe you can make it a little bit more. Uh, you know, kind of make the mystery a little darker. You know, or or you know, make the challenge a little bit more complicated. Right. Right. But again, whatever you're introducing, you've already you've already determined what the end is. Right. You already right. know right. what we're doing at the end. Right. So even though in this program we're talking right now about, well, okay, we're now going from the beginning and what are the different elements that you might include, you still have a you still have a a, a, a raid boss at the end. Right. Right. You've got a quest boss, you've got a uh, you've got a a major challenge to overcome. Down you know down the road, yes. And in the game, that's your like I said, your raid boss, your your quest boss, whatever. In um, in your lesson design, that's your final assessment. Right. Right. Or whatever it is. Right. And hopefully, whatever it's it not a Scantron test. Yeah. Right. Because why would you do? gamified that. instruction to lead you to a scantron scantron test right yeah. that doesn't make any sense right yeah. so that's something for you to think about as well we'll uh we'll get to gamified assessment down the road but yeah yeah so what does it start with it's going to start with some sort of initiating encounter or some yep. kind of an initiating challenge right mm-hmm. um you know and and it may be that you encounter your characters in Medius Race, you know, that they actually already have relationships formed. And then this starts us down the road, like something is introduced into their environment. Right. Right. Like I was thinking about our Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. Right. Game where, you know, the, the cats already had an established relationship with the other cats and the yep and the folks in the manor and then this this um this bird cage gets introduced right that has these sort of dramatic consequences yeah to the lives disrupts of the, cats. the whole yeah. household yeah. and yeah disrupts yeah. the household right and you know what what is uh, that could be a million things right you know you've yeah. got the gentleman suitor who arrives at the manor house right Exactly. You know, or you've got, <laughs> you know, you've got your Helen of Troy, right? Yeah. You know, or you have a the... mysterious substance show up in the chemistry class and it's our job to figure out what it is. Correct. Correct. And yeah. and on and on, right? You know, e- yeah. each of you in your own discipline will be able to say, oh, I, I, I see. You know, okay. In, in, uh, in biology, I'm going to, I want student or in anatomy, right? I want students to understand how the human body, the form of the human body is designed, okay? Body cavities, limbs, bilateral symmetry, blah, 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 right? I'm going to introduce to them, uh, the, you know, the starfish, which doesn't, which doesn't organize itself yeah. the way that we do, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, what does this tell us about how bodies are organized and what are the contrasts you can make between it and... You know, yeah. in the human form, you know, the, the, the you know, the, the starfish in that case becomes a kind of mysterious. Right. What is what is this? What is this thing? Right, kind yeah. of kind of a thing. Right. Um, so you, you've got to start with sort of, sort of some sort of an initiating event. Right. And you want it to be at the at the at the introductory skill level, don't you? Yes. It needs to be. Um, accessible to all of the learners, right? Right, or all of the players in the game, um, and I, for me, um, when I'm playing a role playing game, um, it should set the tone of the adventure. Yes. Um, and as you said, it should outline what the expect, what the end goal expectations are. Yeah, there there should be. It should be very clear. Sh- yeah. Um, you know, if, if you don't crack this code, right. You know, in, in 30 days, the, um, you know, the water tower will be destroyed yeah, and your town will be, will be flooded. 
something like right. right i mean you know right. i'm just making yeah. i'm just pulling it out of my yeah head um but it's something like that um and from there you get a challenge which leads to some content and some skills right practice practice mhm a puzzle a little mini adventure <clears throat> right yeah you're, right. Maybe you're learning your artifacts along the way or yeah. gathering spells, which is a skill. Yeah. Right. right. You know, it's, uh, you know, to, to speak about it flippantly, it's monster, 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 boss. Right. Right. Which I is, would say monster, 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 puzzle, monster, boss. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, when, and when I say monster, I mean you've got something that you need to overcome. Right. And whatever that is should have story integrity and skill integrity. Yes. Okay. Or content integrity. Yes. Right? Um, you know, if if I want you to learn about, you know, the Kansas-Nebraska Act in history, then that has to be the content piece that the game is pointing towards. Yes. Right? That may not be a very interesting game, but 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 you, <laughs> right? But you 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 see the point, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know where that came from. You can see my eyes glazing over. Couldn't yeah, you? that's right. You were like, oh my god. <laughs> I was like, this Holy is the crap. boringest game ever. You know. Yeah, I had to switch immediately from it. I was afraid you'd fall over. Yeah, <laughs> but to your point, I think so. Maybe that is boring. I don't actually know what that act is. Um, but to someone, that's exciting, right? And in some context, yep. it is important to understand that content, the skills you would need to find out about, what was it, the Kansas-Nebraska something? The Kansas-Nebraska Kansas Act. Kansas-Nebraska Act, right? So, like, um, the skills to find out what that act is are important for right. learners. Maybe the content of that is important in specific um in other contexts. Right. So in the right game, it's not boring. Correct. Correct. Right? It's really exciting. Right. In the wrong game, it doesn't make any sense. Right. right. So in other words, but, but back to the point, listeners, here is simply that you've got to really target what your content and skills are. Mm-hmm. Make it really granular so that each thing you introduce into the story component you're designing is very thoughtfully and carefully right. constructed, right? You don't want it to be haphazard in any way. Right. And you don't want I anything superfluous. Right. Which I still maintain, as educators, we're doing this already. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. We're, you're yeah. doing this already. Right. You should be. Yeah. Right. And, you know, frankly... Some I assume that all of our listeners are top-notch educators totally but yeah. that doesn't mean that 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 planning is easy no oh god no right uh, <laughs> i think i think that that most of us you know are aware of our deficiencies mm -hmm. as you know as as planners or you know oh i i you know i got to be very careful because i think i need to do this kind of lesson and that's not my wheelhouse right 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 Oh, I really feel like this kind of an assessment would be the best, but I don't know that I write those the best. The best, right? right. And this is why you, you know, you have you have colleagues. Why you have, uh, you know, uh, podcasts like this. You have learning right. communities like Game Level Learn. You have our or Discord like the channel. Discord. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that's the reason why you do this, right? To get your right. to get your colleagues. To look at what you're doing and right, say, to help. You, yeah. What if you did X instead of Y? Right. What, what do you think about that? Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, Tracy, to your, to your point, you, you are already doing, yeah. you know, mo most of this, right? But when you play a role playing game, if you miss an element, monster, monster, puzzle, monster monster puzzle boss if you get one of those monster monster puzzle elements wrong it becomes super unfun 
Right. Okay. And, you know, not everything that one has to learn is fun, but if you're going to put a, a gaming context around it, the game component should make the learning more fun. More fun. Yes. Don't make the game the problem. Right. Right. So you got to be really thoughtful about... All right, so the the party is gonna have to fight a uh, you know a, a Darth Vader like villain at at okay. the end of this. Okay, so wait, he's the villain. Oh, Darth Vader like Hash- hashtag soulmates. Go on. <laughs> In all fairness, <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah, you've got to you've, you've got to deal with it with a terrible terrible uh, uh, enemy at the end. His name is yeah. Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yes. There you go. That's right. Yeah. Um, and, um, and figure out how many lessons your players actually need to get there. Right. Right. Is it four? Is it six? Is it ten? Yeah. Right. Could be a short game. Could be a longer game. Right. Right. So how long does the unit need to be in order to actually accomplish it? Right. Right. What's going on in your students' lives that might make a four-unit, a, a four-lesson design if you're doing it when it's when everyone's firing on all cylinders? Well, no, that's actually probably going to be a six because I'm going to have this professional development day in the middle, and students are going to come back yeah. and they're going to be a little, you know, they're going to need a, a little bit of extra time. Yeah. Actually, this challenge at step three is probably way harder than I think it is, so I probably need to put some flex time in there. And right. it's okay if you get it wrong the first time. Absolutely. Yeah, I get things wrong the first time all the time. Yeah, we all do. Kids are, again, I think I said this. At the you be- did. I've said this sometime at Game Level Learn. Kids are happy that you're trying. Um, and my experience with my students has always been when we've tried strange things. Even if they don't work, um, the kids are usually on board for it and they're accepting if it doesn't go exactly as planned. Yeah. 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 The, the, the work, even if, even if you've done something for five years and you've never once had it go anything other than swimmingly, there's absolutely no guarantee that with the next group of students, it's going to go swimmingly. You're right. Right. Um, You always have to go back and recheck. Right. So if something doesn't land the first time, that's all that means is, oh, yeah, welcome to life. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so. So be very thoughtful about what the you know, about what the challenges are and what are the different kinds of challenges that you might set up? Well, a monster fight is essentially use the use the stuff that you've got in front of you. To overcome a challenge okay that could be in uh in history here are a number of here are a number of documents you have to make sense of okay now it's more like a formative assessment isn't it Mm -hmm. right because you're not you're not giving them a grade on it necessarily right other than pass not pass Right, right, right. You've defeated this challenge. You have not defeated it. Okay. If you haven't, if you had to run, or you got exhausted and you couldn't right, defeat right. it, step away, learn and reflect, and come back. And come back. Right. Yeah. Um, and those challenges are always going to be prefaced by some interesting role playing. Oh, we're going out to kill a yonks. I don't know what a yonks is. Oh no, but he's got he's got the he's got the the you know, the titanium key that we have to have in order to open the you know, the door of insanity. Right. You know, in Who the, doesn't want to go in the door <clears throat> of insanity? Uh, right? You know. <laughs> okay, so we've got to go kill this. Well, what 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 is what are the challenges we're going to face? That's where your content and skill granularity right. comes in, right? Right. Well, you're you're going to need to be able to use 
this kind of glassware. Right. And you're going to need to have this kind of stoichiometry background. Yep. You're going to need to know the difference between a... Uh, an ionic compound and a covalent compound. Oh my God, that's exactly... I was I was like, ionic? <laughs> I couldn't remember what covalent. <clears throat> that's funny. Um, that kind of thing, right? Right. Or, you know, or whatever it is. You know, you'll, right. you'll, you'll get there as you get there, right? Right. Um, but again, based on how you design the challenge of, in this case, killing the Yonks, don't be alarmed or be ready for the students who think of some other creative way. We actually don't have to kill the Yonks because he's left the key in his nest. So these kids are going to distract the Yonks and we're going to go steal the key. Right. Okay. Then show Get me. Get ready. Show yeah. me. Exactly. Show me <laughs> right. what you're going to do to distract him. Right. Right. And, you know, you've got... <clears throat> In order to get that key, you have to demonstrate mastery of stoichiometry and right. covalency. Okay. Right. You know that that's his secret weakness, right? Yeah. <laughs> that his shields don't protect <laughs> against that, right? Or whatever, you know? Um, and, and so they're going to have to show you what they can do. Right. No matter what, even if they decide to take the story and move it in their own direction, which is what you want right. anyway. Is exactly what I want. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> you know, uh, I will. Friends of mine who, with whom I've gamed a long time know that if I take a restroom break while I'm GMing, it's not because I have to use the loo. <laughs> it's because I need two minutes to myself to be like. To figure out what the hell's going on. What do I yeah. do now? Right. Um, so you better have a. You better have a colleague nearby because you might find yourself as a teacher needing to leave your room every now and again, right. you know, to reflect on what your students just came up with. Right. 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 So you've got challenges like that. Right. You've got sort of puzzle challenges. That right. Are, and, and this is where using your escape room in a box. Yeah. Is is absolutely perfect. OK. Lots lots of granular Highly detailed content pieces, okay, right. which you puzzle together by means of an like an escape room box. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and you you see this in in many of the uh, the tabletop storytelling games. They'll often they'll have they'll have monster encounters, but they'll often have puzzle encounters mm -hmm. or whatever. The yeah. uh, the the best example of this is a game called Mansions of Madness. Mm. yeah which is your <laughs> arkham universe haunted house game yeah okay i haven't played the second edition but the the first edition has all kinds of interesting puzzles oh uh, it's got like key puzzles and circuit puzzles oh yeah yeah we right? did do <clears throat> i i've only played second edition once or twice maybe but um, they had we them. did do a puzzle on the because it's like a phone app that goes with it. Yeah, and we end to do a puzzle. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, the game Time Stories mm -hmm. um, frequently puzzle. has embedded yeah. within it puzzle content. Yeah. Right. M more more than more than others. So you know, folks, if you're thinking about, well, I'm going to go to my friendly local game store. And I want to play some of these tabletop games to give me a little bit of experience in how these games work. You you would do far worse than playing Mansions of Madness or giving Time Stories a try. Right. Right. I mean, those are two really good examples yeah. you know, of, uh, of how this kind of thing works. Right. Um, An out-of-the-box kind of role-playing type board game. Right. Because those games are yeah. sometimes a little, they're a little easier to get into. Right. Uh, sometimes, sometimes. I mean, it sometimes. really depends on your local environment. Um, some, some cities, towns have a really strong role-playing support framework in their right, right. in their gaming environment. Others, it's more tabletop board games. Um, so you've got puzzles, and you've got sort of monsters you have to defeat. Okay. You've got social challenges. Right. Right. Maybe you have to get some information from an unwilling uh -huh. non-player character. Right. An unwilling player, an unsuspecting player. Right. Right. A naive player or a, mm -hmm. a, a you know, someone who's actually more powerful than you. 
Right. And you have to try to finagle your way to get that information, right? Right. That's that's fun gameplay. Um, and if it's connected to a critical piece of information, frankly, it's a no, it's a good opportunity for students to practice social skills as well. Right. Right. Which is never a bad thing. <laughs> never a bad it's thing. It's never a bad thing, right? And and you know, if they're doing it in a role playing context, you know, you as the teacher are gonna be over the top in presenting that that uh challenge or that opponent, right? Right. Because you know, you're having some fun with it too, right? Yeah. You know. It's your, you know, oh hello, Lady Amber. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Why, hello. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. You know, um, the best way to get other people to role play is to role play. Right. Just lean into it. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> I remember that time. You remember when we were playing that game Hill Folk that Martin wanted to do? Yes. And I was playing that Android Valen 3. Yes. Right. Yes. I went up to Michelle, you know, I got up out of my seat <laughs> and walked over to one of my fellow players and just leaned in very close and sort of whispered in her ear. And she was like, <laughs> yeah. This game is too intense. You You want to do that, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Really lean into it. Have some fun. Really lean into the role playing. Yeah. I don't know. What's the point of role playing if you're not role playing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And if that's not your jam, I think there's definitely ways that you can design learning adventures that wouldn't involve any role playing. Yeah, sure. Right? Like, we do simulations and kids do debates and stuff. You could make a much more in-depth simulation about a topic, right? Um, maybe your, um, you know, maybe your students are um, alive at the time when some historical event is happening. Right. And that's how they learn the content as they, like, go through and experience the things as you know, different members or cat, um, classes in society. Right. Or, you know, right. maybe, um, so there's ways you can do it. I think that's not as, you know, as much of a role-playing game, but still kind of an adventure. Totally. Um, yeah. if, you know, role-playing isn't your thing, but. Right. And yeah, I mean, of course, if role-playing isn't your thing, then you probably are skipping season this whole three. Season. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because <laughs> No, I think there's. I think if I think there's still lots of tidbits in here, even if you don't want to role play. For sure, for sure. There's still lots of like that. I'm back to my tangent. Your tangent. You started me on the tangent of Sorry. ciphers. Yeah, that could be used in a single class. Totally throughout the whole year. I mean, you could not even do any other role playing thing, but give kids artifacts and relics. Yep. Great. Just done. You know, and, and awesome. you know, yeah, what's so great about the cipher as a concept is it's throwaway loot. Right. Right. I am giving you so much loot right now. Yeah. Right. And this. I'm still uh, I'm still on board for permanent. So you're on the cipher train and I've like transitioned to the relic train where I keep the treasure. This is how we differ, yeah. tr- Tracy. This is how we differ. Right. Use it. Use it or lose it. You're like, right. but if I use it, I won't have it anymore. No, because I'm thinking of them as, like, once I learn something in chemistry, I don't forget it. I keep it. Oh, right, right. Then that becomes essentially an artifact or a relic. Right. So that's right. why I am I switched from the cipher, oops, from the cipher to the relic. Yeah. I like both. But still, I like both. That's yeah. what, Yeah. Yeah. But and you, you could not do anything else and just use one of those and still be using gamification in your class. Right. You could imagine creating what looks essentially like a talent tree or like Ooh. a technology tree. Yes. Right, that students get and you have like wooden poker chips. On one side of it is like a, a symbol or a letter or something. And on the back is a Velcro dot. Right. And they just and they just gonna yep okay you clearly understand covalency yeah okay so put your put your covalency button on your on talent tree right? yeah now what that tells me as your teacher is I can call on that information at any time 
Right. Okay. Because you have it. And if you've forgotten how to use it, then you're going to struggle right. with a challenge down the road where I'm not testing that. I'm. I assume you know I'm it now. I'm assuming that. Right. Right. And, you know, that's a bit uh, like, a, you know, badging, digital right. badging. Um, but I have no I have no opposition to that. Right. No. At the end of the and day. I, it's that's quite what, common in role playing games for your character to have skills. Like specific skills or yep. talents. Yep. Yeah. And to have earned specific achievements, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. I don't need to learn how to do this introductory skill or this intermediate right. skill, right? Because I'm using the advanced skills upon which, uh, which is based on right. the interaction of three intermediate skills. Yeah. Right. A great exercise for teachers, it would be to simply try to take the course that they are teaching and granularize it like that. Mm-hmm. What are, the, what are your 20 must haves? Right. Right. What are your 50 must haves? Right. And I mean, I've been spending a lot of time doing transitional kindergarten and kindergarten curriculum lately. Wow. And when you, when you're with really, really, really young learners, you know, I mean, they're babies. They're four. So cute. Right? Yeah. They need they need a lot of mm-hmm. thoughtfulness in the way in, in the curriculum you've designed. Right. Right. Because they're babies. Right. So how do you get a transitional kindergarten student to recognize her name in print? Right. That's a skill you want them to have when they get to kindergarten. Yeah. Right. Do you know your numbers up to ten? Can you can you differentiate between yellow and orange? Mm-hmm. Right. And at that level of granularity, it's so useful to me as a high school teacher to be doing curriculum development in these transitional kindergarten and kindergarten spaces, because it's like, well, no, we only really expect them to be able to read these seventy-five words. Right. Just 75. And then it'll be 200. And then it'll be 500. And then it'll be reading. So cute. Right? Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, really, and really hard and rewarding. Right? Yeah. You know, you want to. And this is true for anyone. Whatever you teach, if you want to get a sense of what, of the, the complexity and kind of the majesty of this profession of education, simply spend an hour in the classroom of someone in a division that you don't teach in. Right, right. Right? Oh, you teach transitional kindergarten? Watch a high school teacher at work. Yeah. Oh, you're a um, you're a high school teacher? Go watch a lower school art teacher work. You're at a university? Go watch a middle school teacher work. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Crazy. You know? For sure. Yeah. Um, so, monsters... Puzzles, social. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what am I missing? I'm thinking. Monsters, puzzles, social. I mean, that's basically I, it, right? Yeah. I would say um, when I play role-playing games, yep. I like to have a nice mix of like, Oh, my character is really good at this. Yes. Like I get a moment to shine. Oh, there's no way I can do this alone. Everyone needs to contribute. Yes. So that's not like a specific challenge, but I like the fact um, Mm. in most role playing games that you can't solo the whole thing. Yeah, right. I like that at points you are dependent on other people. Yeah. um, To succeed. Yeah. Really good role playing design lets an individual player shine sometimes and then calls on the group to you know wonder twin powers activate right right and to uh to solve a problem that no individual could solve solve yeah yeah um so building that into i think um would be really useful i don't think it's necessary 
Um, yeah. But I think group challenges are another great way for kids to practice cooperative learning skills. and Yeah. 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 Um, you know that I like there to be those elements of surprise. Yes. Right. Those illings moments. Yes. Um, and I think one of the ways that you can... Curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. No. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh, you know, there's a there's a game that John and I play uh, 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 a number of times a year called Arcadia Quest. Okay. Okay. It's a dungeon crawl game. Playful. Yeah. It's got fun art. You recruit a guild of characters. So you have three characters on your side. Okay. They have different powers over the course of the six campaign sessions you play with them they level up blah 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 right each campaign session you play in order to win it you have to overcome a pve an environmental challenge okay and a pvp challenge a player versus player challenge okay Okay. so i think having a pvp challenge every now and again right introduces some of that illink's surprise yeah right and if you make it about formative work you know you're not the students aren't getting a grade on it, right? Right, right. But it's fun to see, okay, well, I'm going to test my skills against this group, right? Yeah, you yeah. Um, I, did a, um, I did a mock trial 20 years ago where students picked their own groups. You know, one was defending Mary, Queen of Scots, and one was, okay. one was putting her on trial, right? And I looked at the groups, and I was like, I don't know that these are evenly matched, right? I thought that the prosecution was a little over sta- overstaffed with students who were likely to become lawyers, you know? Okay, yeah. And the defense maybe less, right? And when I put them up against each other, the defense, frankly, the students just worked harder. Yeah. And they rope-a-doped <laughs> the other team. And it was shocking because this was, the, the other team had two or three students who were part of my school's uh, internationally known debate team. Mm-hmm. Right. And they, they just tied them up in knots with their questions. Yeah. It was amazing, you know. So I, I think, you know, I, I would I would put one of those in every now and again. Not right, too many. a little surprise. Not yeah. too many, but a little surprise, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, just for fun. Agree. Yeah. So, folks, I think when you think about your your work you want to remember boss first yes what's the boss what's the end goal what's the end goal okay then think about story elements that are social player versus player puzzle or just challenges you know monsters traps you know that kind of Mm -hmm. thing right Oh, you yeah, have to traps. You know, that you have to, yeah. <laughs> you have to have a certain skill set to overcome, right? Yep. Um, and, you know, the first time you do this, make it, make it three lessons. Make right, it a, yeah, make do it a little short one. Yeah. Make it about something super granular, mm-hmm. right? So that it's not, so that it's not too backbreaking on you. And so that particularly if you're not accustomed to doing a lot of game mastering, role-playing game mastering. You won't get burned out too fast. Right. Right, because it's hard. Yes. Right. Um, So those are things to think about. Um, Tracy, any final thoughts? No, I don't think so. I mean, I I think we covered a lot. I think, for me, this is the hurdle, right? We're at the episode hurdle for me. Yeah. This is the one that I thought about a lot, and I've never done it. Um. I'm teaching a fully gamified global issues course in the third trimester. So So we're going to hear back. It's going to happen whether I like it or not. Yep. We're going to (laughs) hear back in a few months. Yeah. So I get, I guess my final thought is I know it's scary. Yeah. Right. I'm scared. Yeah. You know, I keep thinking about it and I'm, I'm always like, Oh, it's going to take so much time. And, um, but the more I talk about it and think about it, the more rewarding I think it would be for my students, for me, um, so by the end of this year, the school year, it will have happened. Right. Season yeah. four maybe is going to be a season of, of conversations with educators who've done this and succeeded and failed. Right. You know, 
Yeah. Yeah. What worked, what didn't work. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Super practical, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, notes from the field kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. We'll come to that. Um, folks, you know where to find us. Uh, GameLevelLearn.com, our Facebook group, and our Discord group. All Yay. Of, there will be links to all of those <laughs> uh all of those places on our uh, on our website when we post this uh, this story. It'll be in the show notes. And uh, Tracy, as always, it's been a pleasure. A great pleasure. <laughs> okay, we'll talk again in a few weeks. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>